can play the game You can act out the part Though you know it wasn't written for you Tell me how can you stand there With your broken heart Ashamed of playing the fool One thing can lead to another It doesn't take any sacrifice Oh, father and mother Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to all of you. It is wonderful to see you all this morning on this beautiful morning. Can I get an amen for no rain and no wind on this morning? I'm, I'm Justin Schroeder, the senior minister of First Universalist Church, and it is... Thank you. Welcome to all of you, and those of you who are passing by or stopping by for a moment, welcome to you as well. Since 1859, First Universalist Church has been a center of progressive religion in the Twin Cities and has held high the flame of the liberal spirit. We seek to be a spiritual home for all who believe in the universalist message of love and hope. 
It is in that spirit that we gather this morning. And I invite you to take just a minute to greet one or two people sitting next to you to welcome them to this place to say hello. Thank you. I hope that this conversation, this murmuring and bubbling up from the bench pews we have this morning will continue after our service at our picnic. Following this service, we have some great events, and I want to invite Pam Vincent, our worship associate, to come and explain what's happening after our service this morning. Well, good morning. Well, many of you know we're having a grand, old-fashioned church picnic after the service this morning, and it will be up at Beard's Plaisance, which is up the hill at about 45th and Uptonish. Um, look for balloons and signs um, to point your way, and if you're walking on up, follow the Pink Flamingo to lead the way, um, our new uh, Festival of Fun mascot here. Um, at the picnic, we will have a potluck, um, food, um, bring what you like and something to share. I hope you all brought some stuff. We've got beverages. We're having um, gunny sack races, an old-fashioned maypole dance, um, games for young and old alike, and a pie judging contest. Um, so I'm sure we have some really good bakers in the congregation, and pies will be sold for a dollar a slice after the judging um, to benefit the homeless shelter, the food shelf, and we're also serving ice cream cones this afternoon. So come on up and have a really good time. We have such a great day for it, and it's just a thrill to see so many people here this morning. Let us take just a moment to prepare for our worship service. Amidst the hustle and bustle of our lives, let us pause to give thanks for this day. This day we did not create and did not earn, but nonetheless is a gift to live into. Let us give thanks for the warmth of the sun, the gentle breeze, the sounds of this place alive with birds and human beings. Lots of birds. Let us give thanks for friends and companions and for the miracle of our lives. Come. Let us give thanks and let us worship together. As you are able, I invite you to stand and join with us in our opening hymn, Morning Has Broken. The words are printed in your order of service.
Please join in the words for lighting the chalice or in the order of service. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Please join me for some words of reflection and prayer. We pause to acknowledge on this gorgeous day that we are here, and all this is miracle. We pause to recall that we're members of one human family. Amidst the sounds of this August morning, we acknowledge that we are people who know both abundance and need, people with longings and losses and fears, people who nonetheless have so much to be grateful for. We give thanks for the gifts of life that fill us, bring us joy, give us courage. At this time, we remember others in our lives whose hopes or needs call to us. And we remember those in communities and nations far away. We pause to remember and to extend blessing to all these. Spirit of life and love, Holy One, be in our minds so we may grasp what's true, be in our voices so we may speak for the voiceless and give courage to the despairing, be in our hands so we may work with gladness, be in our hearts so we may know our desires, be in our arms so we may embrace with strength be in our faces so we may shine with your light. Amen. Let's remain seated as we sing Spirit of Life, printed in your program. In two months, 
first Universalist church will turn 150 years old. Yeah, that is worth celebrating. We have deep roots and a rich history in this community. Thousands of men and women and children have been a part of our ranks, have left their footprint on our faith community. Today, this morning, in three parts, you will hear some of these stories as we illuminate the past, celebrate the present, and inspire the future. As you listen, may you find and feel your own life being woven into this great story. Well, it is nice to be at the lake today. We get to meet here at Lake Harriet only once a year, but what a treat it is for us. Usually, we meet in a building at 34th and DuPont, but in our time, we've moved around the city a fair bit. We've met in a big stone church downtown, in a building at 50th and Girard, and even in a house near here at 46th and DuPont. Despite our nomadic past, We find ourselves here today soaking in the sun and trying to do what we have tried to do for 150 years. Spread the universalist message of love and hope to anyone who freely chooses to hear it. Love and hope then, love and hope now, love and hope unfolding. I want everyone to look around for a minute. And let me know, how many people do you think are gathered here today? 150? 200? It's like the price is right. More, more. 300? Maybe? I don't know. I see so many more than that. Do you see the two men over there? They're the ones with funny beards arguing with each other. Do you see them? Listen, they're arguing about Darwin. That must be our old minister, James Tuttle. He's arguing with Herman Bisbee. Our minister didn't think that Bisbee had any right to preach about evolution from the pulpit. Do you see back there the families up on the hill? There's lots of them. They're the founders of our city's parks and milling industry and even Lakewood Cemetery right in the neighborhood here. Right there, right, right over there. Look, look. There's a man in a suit carrying a Bible. That must be Marion Shutter, one of our old ministers. He loved this church dearly. He had a hard time letting it go, though. And by the time he died, on a Sunday, there would only be a handful of people worshiping in a sanctuary that fit 900. Wait, there's a group, a group of young men. They're all speaking German. They must be people who went to the Unity Settlement House to get job training. And there's a woman over there. She's trying to organize them, I think. That must be Caroline Crosby, who volunteered at the Settlement House. Do you see Carl Olson, the minister who helped us grow after dwindling to almost nothing? Or Betty Benjamin, who fought for reproductive freedom for all women? Do you see them? Do you see the thousands and thousands of people joining us here today? They taught Sunday school, polished the pews, stood with John Cummins as he provided sanctuary for conscientious objectors. Do you see the crowds of women and men and children who sat with the dying, 
tended the sick, celebrated babies. Look around you, people, look. Can you see them all? Ministers and babes in arms, city mayors and stay-at-home moms. They are the people who made our congregation what it is for 150 years. They've lived out our universalist message of love and hope that says although humans often fall short, at the core, everybody matters and nobody's left out. We wouldn't be here today on the verge of celebrating our 150th anniversary were it not for those who came before. We carry them with us in our bones and in our blood. Their message is our message, and it is in our congregational DNA. Love and hope then. Love and hope now. Love and hope unfolding.
What if, what if those hundreds of folks Heidi talked about, our kindred spirits, our forebears, all the way back to 1859, really were here among us today? What if they suddenly emerged from eternity, rode in from town, or walked down from Lakewood? Men in their black suits and stiff collars, women in their bonnets and major petticoats. Our people were here before the Civil War. What if they showed up and sat down among us here by Lake Harriet? They'd surely watch us with questioning eyes, and they'd want to ask, what is going on here? What is happening what are those big lumps of metal parked on those fields of tar?